Welcome to Behind the Brand, stories and strategies for building your creative business. This is brought to you by the Pinegate Road Studio. You're listening to episode 35. Welcome to Behind the Brand, stories and strategies for building your creative business. Here we take a deep dive into the brands of heart-centered businesses and entrepreneurs and unveil behind the scenes into how they're building their brands, as well as tips and tricks to how you can build your own dream business. I'm your host, Kelsey Kerslake, and I'm the founder of Pinegate Road, a branding studio for businesses and entrepreneurs ready to get their brands completely figured out. From finding your core values, making that beautiful brand identity that speaks to your ideal audience, to figuring out how to style and strategize your social media platforms and launch your new website. We're here to guide you each step along the way to build your dream business. Head to pinegateroad.com to get in touch today about working together. Hello, you guys, and welcome to Behind the Brand. I am excited to have you here today. Um, This week, we have Sarah Crowder. She is a food photographer based out of New York City, and she has grown her business in some really cool ways over the past couple years. And Throughout this journey, she has also really solidified her offerings and where she really wants to niche herself in the food blogging industry. So I'm really excited to share her journey with you today. Um, Also for you to get to know her in general, she is part of the Being Boss Clubhouse with myself um, and many other people that we've both been able to meet. And it was really cool to be able to get to know her through there and then invite her on the show and just to learn a little bit more about what she's doing, where she hopes to head and how she is building her brand. So I hope that you enjoy this show today. Today's branding bite is brought to you by audibletrial.com. You can head to audibletrial.com slash pinegateroad to get your free 30 days as well as an audible book of your choice free to download. So today I really wanted to talk about kind of if you do not have a website up right now and you're trying to build a business or you're trying to build a personal brand, I really want to urge you just to start your website. So I think the easiest way to do this is honestly to head to Squarespace um, where you can get your own um, whole website or you can and you can also get your domain there. So that's a really great way to start your online presence and just get something going. I really recommend connecting to a free MailChimp um, mailing service so you can get your email list going as well as getting your contact information, your social media links up, and just a little bit about your brand. So if you are struggling um, just getting started, know that you can start with a landing page and Squarespace is a great option. You can also look to places like downloading a WordPress template or you can go to showit.com. Showit is where I host uh, Pinegate Road websites and I love working with show it for my client sites as well. So that's another great option if you're just trying to get something up and quick. And I also challenge you to do it today. It can take under 30 minutes to get your website up and your domain purchased. And if this is what is holding you back from taking your first steps into starting your business, please just go do it. Make a commitment today to take those 30 minutes to start your website. Again, this branding bite has been brought to you by audibletrial.com. Head to audibletrial.com slash pinegateroad for your free 30 days, as well as a download of your choice. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine, Kelsey. How are you? I am good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. Yay. 
Hey, so I met Sarah through the Being Boss Clubhouse, and we recently just started chatting, and then we had like a little connection call this week, and she started talking through most of what we do on the podcast anyway, and I was like, you have to get on the show. Like, I love <laughs> your story. So I'm excited for you to share this all. It's really interesting. Oh, well, I'm glad that you think so. <laughs> so first of all, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and then go into a little bit about how you began your brand and kind of your big why and how you ended up getting where you are today. Sure. Uh, so I'm Sarah E. Crowder. I'm a food photographer and recipe developer. I work primarily with uh, small to mid-sized food businesses. And I I'm coming at it from really a food blogging background. I was a, well, I was a food blogger back in the day, like back in 08 or something with food oh, blogs. Wow. <laughs> first started becoming a, a kind of a big thing. And then I took some time off of that when I was um, farming, actually. I, what? An organic vegetable farmer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you go into um, that? Yeah. Um, so all of this, everything that I've really done aside from my very first job out of school was, is really driven by my love of food. And, um, for a while there, well, I'm still kind of ingredient obsessed, but I had kind of gone down this culinary rabbit hole where I was really, um, involved in where my food came from and, and the difference in quality that that can make. And so we were CSA members and I went to go visit the CSA. And then I was like, I need to be here. So um, I quit my job and I started an apprenticeship on this organic vegetable farm. And oh it was <laughs> so, um, I mean, it was really, really awesome. I mean, it was just uh, really good good preparation for owning my own business because we were very involved in all aspects of farming. So not just, I mean, everything from planning, like actual crop planning to seeding, weeding, you know, cultivating the crops, harvesting the crops, storing the crops, but also the, the sales side of it. So how to actually make a profit as a farmer. And so mm. all those skills I, I feel like I'm using still today. And um, so probably the only thing I'm missing today, although maybe this is arguable, is the uh, physical <laughs> physical exertion component. Right. Um, although sometimes when I'm um, on a full day shoot, I am pretty uh, That I think is one of the most exhausting things that you can go through. I've done a few shoots in my life and I'm just like, even after four hours, I'm just like, okay, I'm dead. Like, I could never do it full time. So I give you a lot of props for that. You have to learn how to protect your back first and oh. foremost, because it's crazy. You have so much bending over with yeah. the camera and other things. It's just, but yeah, so I, um, I did that and it was really just a wonderful time in my life. I, I loved it so much, but we left, we were living in a rural area at the time and we ended up moving to uh, New York for my husband's job. And so, um, I started, started back food blogging again, although I didn't really maintain that blog very much because right after I started it, I started getting freelance blogging work. Mm. So I didn't really spend any time on my own blog because I was getting paid to develop recipe, develop and photograph recipes and write for other people's sites. Awesome. So and then that 
Yeah. So do you want to go into like a little bit of your, like, did you have a big why behind that at that point? Or was it just like you were following your passions and enjoying what you were doing and it just led you there? Yeah, I think it was at the time I couldn't really see what the long-term goal would be. So it was more, yeah, what felt good from day to day. And the why, I mean, was really just that I have this passion for food. So it felt good Mm -hmm. to be spending time um, working in a field where that was, you know, first and foremost, the, the whole point, like even I was developing other skills like writing, developing recipes and, you know, learning how to use my camera. But it really the end goal was all about making really delicious food and sharing that with other people. Awesome. So as you've kind of grown your brand, um, have you developed any like values system that you were following as you went through different transitions? Because it sounded like like. I don't know. I just love for you to go into that. Do you, do you follow your core values at all? Um, I wouldn't say I have it totally figured out. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm narrowing in on it and I'm currently going through your course online. So that (laughs) that should help me get there. Um, yeah. And for people who are wondering, that's the cultivate your brand's core course. It's the free course we offer just to find your brand values. And I kind of like anybody I talk to, I'm just like, please take this, get it figured out. <laughs> so anyway, I forced Sarah to do it. <laughs> but I think it's some of it is, yeah, you already have it, but it's that self-awareness. And I think I'm not, yes. you know, fully realized in that, that self-awareness yet. I I know that I value, it's not even, I love being a part of the food movement. And what I mean by that, it's, it's kind of hard to define because I work with folks who are involved in all different parts of the food movement. So it could be someone who's incorporating a new technology into food, or it could be someone who's almost a throwback to old technology, or it could be um, someone who's even like I work for vegan organizations and paleo organizations. So it's not that there's one particular food movement, but this larger idea of how we crave understanding how our food was made and where it came from. Um, and how that fits into modern living, that just where all of those things intersect is really important to me. And I'm, I'm thrilled for the the small role I can play in that. Absolutely. And you play an awesome role, because do you want to tell people kind of like what you do for these companies? Oh, yeah. So now so I, I was pretty much blogging for a while, although I started getting hired for um, one off things where someone might hire me just to write copy for an article or um, just develop the recipe and they have someone in-house photographing it. Um, Or I would get hired just as a photographer. And so all of 2016, I really zeroed in on, on the photography aspect of it and, and working in that capacity. I did, I did some recipe development too, but I was primarily um, working as a photographer. Um, And I work for, I, like, as I said, small to mid-sized food brands um, create imagery for their their websites and social media, any um, promotional materials. And um, along with that, some folks also hire me 
um, in a more general content creation capacity where I might be developing recipes and writing recipe head notes and things like that. Awesome. So I just, I love that like you were like, I'm like just throughout that process, you were like, okay, I love food. And then it was like, all right, I love like creating these blog posts and this recipe creation for others. And then it like even narrowed in further. And now you're like, okay, I'm just doing photography. And now it's like even narrowing down further. And I just, I love that journey of kind of taking that one passion and following it. And then like, you kept like taking away in a sense about the things that like, maybe weren't in your like, I think they're definitely in your zone of genius, but what you necessarily wanted to do day to day. And then you realize that was the photography stuff. Right? It is actually really hard to do all of those things in one project, Mm -hmm. like be the person who's responsible for, especially if you're not working with a larger team, like being responsible for coming up with the idea and then executing the recipe, the copy and the photography, all of that together. It's kind of, I mean, it's an overwhelming task to take on by yourself. And I think the work is better when it can be divided amongst the team. So I really feel like, like if I'm working as a photographer for a food brand, I feel like I'm, even though, you know, I'm like a contractor, but I feel like I'm part of their team. So we're all working together toward this vision. And I think my clients feel that way too, or at least that's the feedback that I get that, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're, that I'm a part of their vision for their growing business. And that feels really good. That's awesome. So what would like, if you just had to pick a dream project that you could start tomorrow and your calendar was free, what would that look like? Oh my gosh. Um, So this is an area where I actually, you know, as you, the longer you work for yourself and you are kind of creating your own job, you have to figure out what pieces you're really, really good at. So you can Mm -hmm. double down on it. And one of the things I've realized is I'm not very good at coming up with my own projects. So I do best with working within someone else's parameters. I do consider myself very creative but it's like, I need someone to have a problem that I can solve and be creative within that. So when you ask me a question about what project I would take on, it would, it would be like working with someone who has this, um, you know, this narrative already in place and this message that they want to share, but they need visuals that align with that and that are creative within that that would get me very excited. And I feel like, you know, I get, I actually feel like I get that a lot through my work. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's people want me to show up with my camera. They want my technical expertise, but they already have a very specific vision and they Mm -hmm. have it all set up and, and that's fine. You know, that work is fine, but that work where we can work, I call it working together as co-art directors. Mm Mm-hmm that feels really amazing to me when I can dig into something that way. Yeah. I think I feel the same way with like my clients because they come to me with like these business plans and their big goals and their dreams, but they're just like, I don't know like the actual physical steps and how to get there and also how to like build that out visually. So Mm -hmm. I completely relate. And I love just like 
working one-on-one really intensely with those people and then just like watching that come to life. But yeah, I definitely, with my own projects, I'm always, I mean, we were just talking before the show and we're like, we have the worst time like doing our own things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's so fun to work with other people. And you, do you feel like when you're going through a project too, like someone will have, it's like a vision. They, they do kind of know what they want, but you mm-hmm. you almost have to pull it out of them yes. and like <laughs> give words to that. Like, give, oh, so you like this style. And they're like, yes, I didn't know that was the word for yep. it. Yeah. But- like I always say, like, I never am really the, like I'm creating, but I'm not in a sense. Like everything mm-hmm. that I'm creating is totally from my clients. It's like, me taking everything that they have to say and like rearranging it in a way that makes sense um, verbally and visually. And that's like the whole brand visioning process that I work through is like kind of that. Like I just have them like brain dump everything. And then they're like, how did you get this? Like, how did you know about me? And I'm like, well, you told me like it just sometimes it's just hard when it's yourself. So like who's practice and putting that together is really helpful. So yeah, like I I definitely get what you're saying with that. And they're usually like, I want this kind of a vision. And then you have all those expertise, like points where you come together and you're like, oh, okay, like this, and then bring it together. And it feels so good. Yeah, and I love your word for co-creation or co-art directing, you said. Yeah, Yeah. well, because most of the people I work for don't have like an in-house art director. Mm. So they're, it's a small enough business that someone is taking on that role, whether they realize it or not. So I almost feel like sometimes that's part of my job is to let them know you're, you're the art director, like whether, you know, unless you have one, you're the one pulling all those pieces together. And so I I do always also want my clients to walk away feeling very um, empowered by that, like certainly feeling like they have a partner in it in me, but also feeling empowered to take on that role, really embrace it going forward. I love that. I always say like one of my goals is for my clients to feel really confident about like themselves Mm -hmm. and their abilities to bring out their business and their brand. So I love the word empowered for that too. It's, it's like we can help them get that all together, but then they have to be the ones that are building it out from there. So empowering people, making them feel confident about what they're putting out is really cool. Absolutely. Well, okay. So have there been any challenges that have popped up as you've grown your brand and business? And I'd love to hear, if so, how you have worked through them. Always. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a new, I mean, I can still remember, I mean, it feels farther away, so it's less clear, but I I do still feel like, I, I feel that memory of just when I was trying to get my website off the ground, my put my packages together, like at the very beginning, when you have nothing and you have to turn it into something. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember uh, how overwhelming and stressful that was. And so it's, it's like I I and I get that every few months, I get that feeling again, but to a much lesser degree, because it's like you reach a certain level of confidence, and then you want to get to the next level. And so you're, you're constantly troubleshooting, like how to make this better for the people for yourself and for the people that you're working for. But let me try to think of like a specific, well, like what, what, what we were talking about um, uh, when we spoke earlier right now, I'm trying to figure out, I'm really going to change up. Well, I'm going to add to my current packaging. So currently the way that I, sh- 
I offer my services is through a full day or half day photo shoot. And that's really the only way, like when it comes to just straight photography, that's, that's the way that people can engage with me. But what I, what I'm finding is um, I'm not really, while I have ongoing relationships with some of my clients, they hire me again and again, I'm not um, planting the seed by actually offering a package that shares that that gives people an opening to a longer term engagement Mm -hmm. so um that's what i'm working through right now specifically i was actually on some calls earlier today talking to some of my clients that i've really become friends with so i can pick their brain about these kinds of things and we were you know they were giving me their thoughts on um from their perspective what what a package what kind of package would work for them or would work for their business Mm mm-hmm that's awesome. Because I know like we the- were we were talking earlier and one of the big transitions you're trying to make is really like while you're providing the photography, like you're almost wanting to help them with their marketing. And like mm-hmm. when you do get those long-term engagements, you're able to go beyond the photography and really set that vision and tone for everything that they're doing visually, which helps them with their marketing and in the end, really their bottom line as a business. So right? and actually both of the folks that I talked to today without my asking I was asking like pretty general open-ended questions just to see where they would go cuz I was like I don't want to lead people cuz I did already have an idea in mind of what it might uh-huh. look like and both people were like well if you could add some kind of they used different words like one person was like consulting or one person was like well we you know, someone to work through what the content that you'd be photographing would actually look mm. like. And I was like, yeah. yes, exactly. Because, <laughs> and and some people won't need that, right? They'll have mm-hmm. their content all mapped out and they just need someone to come in once a month or once a quarter and, and shoot those visuals. But other people, what, what I want the service to feel like, well, first of all, I want it to be a relief for people. Like I want it to be something that people, that business owners can, outsource before they're ready to hire someone in-house for it, Mm. something they can contract out and feel very taken care of. And so um, I want it to be, I don't want it to be comprehensive to the point where it's outside of my wheelhouse or I'm not necessarily in a place with that packaging where I'm ready to bring, you know, another team member on for it, but make sure that I'm including all the things that really would be involved with that package. And that includes I do often with my clients, I'm part of the content, you know, content strategy process. Yeah, I love that. Is there, so would it feel good for you to be working with less clients um, on this more regular basis and playing a big part with their businesses? Or would it like, do you think you'd still want some of these more one-off things to like have different projects to bring into play? I think a mix of both only because if, you know, it thrills me to start a brand new project Mm -hmm. and and that also kind of paves the way if I work with someone one off and and they can see, you know, they get that return on investment following our engagement, Mm -hmm. you know, I believe they will want to work together again. And so I definitely, I don't, I can't see myself reaching a point anytime soon where I wouldn't, would, would just say no to one offs. But that ongoing thing, I think from in my mind, it's a win-win because the the ongoing relationships that I do have with clients, the work just gets better and better because mm. 
we're zeroing in together on what's working for that brand. And also we develop kind of a shorthand where the the shoots themselves even become much easier for both parties. So that it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like so much fun for, you know, at least from the feedback I'm getting, I don't want to, you know, put words in my client's <laughs> yeah. mouths, but the literal feedback that I'm getting like written down testimonials that it's, it's really a lot of fun. And so um, if having those ongoing relationships would be, I think both good for the client and really good for my level of job satisfaction. <laughs> But so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see how it progresses, how it, how yeah, it works out for that's people. awesome. I, I feel like I'm also at a similar point where I have been doing one-offs and now I'm like offering some of these bigger packages and trying to figure that out. I guess that's like, as you grow, I feel like your offerings are something that a lot of people struggle working through because they're like, what if, what if? And they try to figure out what will happen almost before they do it. And I don't know. And I was kind of in that point as well. And um, recently I'm just like, well, I'm just going to like go for it. Here's all these random, not random things, but I'm going to just, I'm in this experimental mood and I'm going to be trying some different things and seeing what works out for people. And that's where I'm at with my offerings. But I know that can be like such a hard thing to work through as a new business owner. And I think it's something you just have to experiment with. Is that how you kind of felt? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like I'm this time because of so, and I I don't want to make it sound like I, uh, I, you know, I'm so perfect because I did it right this time, but I, (laughs) I've had enough experiences where I went too far one way or the other, where I either pulled the trigger too fast, or I just kept doing research, 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 and just too, you know, took too long to ship. And Mm -hmm. for this, I feel like I'm, I'm, finding a good balance between, okay, let me, let me ask a few, you know, trusted people for their input on it. And then I'm just going to put it out into the world and I'm going to start sharing it with people and just see what, you know, what kind of feedback I get. And I, that feels like, um, a good space to be in as a business owner, because I don't, I didn't feel that way. Initially, I was very self-conscious about what I was putting out Mm -hmm. and not, I mean, I still have a ton of ego in what I'm doing. Like it definitely you know, I get nervous about it. Yeah. (laughs) But it, yeah, it doesn't affect me in the same way that it did when I very first started. And I was just nervous to put anything out into the world for fear of what someone might say. But you know, really, the worst thing that someone can say is no, no, thank you. (laughs) Exactly. I have to remind myself of that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, have there been any strategic tips or tactics that you can share with um, our listeners that you've kind of learned over time um, from growing your brand and business? You know, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made early on is you, you hear so much about how important, um, social media is to a business, especially an Mm -hmm. online business. And so I was kind of spending a lot of time hanging out on social, especially Instagram, Mm -hmm. but in retrospect, it really, it really at the beginning is not time well spent. So there's really no point in hanging out on social if you don't have anything to share. Right. So I spent quite a few hours, I think, just kind of looking at other people's stuff and then, yeah, sharing my stuff, but it wasn't anything new or exciting or improved upon. So once I really decided to sort of buckle down and actually start doing my stuff, like creating content and creating work for other people. Um, 
that was when I really started seeing my business make strides. The other thing for my business, and I don't know how this works for yours, like one that really and truly is, you know, an online business. You can work with mm-hmm. someone anywhere in the world. Although, as we talked about, I can, I do remote work as well. Um, I work long with long distance clients, but it has been invaluable. And this took me months to really start getting out there and networking with people, like one on one, in person. Um, just getting to know the people in this food community mm-hmm. and, and it, it helped me realize how I can be better, be of service to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Like things, people that I've just met at conferences and things like that have been invaluable to my career. And it's not like I'm going to these things and then people are hiring me for my stuff, but just the things I'm learning from these people. And even those people referring me to other people and networking always kind of freaked me out. Like I hated the word networking and I was just like, what is this thing? Like that I have to be doing the same thing happened with like mentorship. Like that freaked me out. I just felt like I didn't understand anything, but then I like, I guess I was networking without even knowing it because I just really enjoy hanging out with other creatives. And (laughs) like, so it's really just like, friend making, like in my mind, and I didn't know I was networking. And now like, I'll go to these things. And I'm technically networking, but I'm really just there to like, hear people's stories, like hear how they got to where they are, and just learn and make friends with people. I mean, if we're talking about like crafting cocktails the whole time, like, that's awesome. (laughs) I love that. So Yeah, Um, no, it's like networking is I know, and I use that word, which is kind of I know it has like kind of an ick association with it. But it's a couple two things that go along with it for me. One, you can't go into it. You can go into it thinking like this might turn into something, but you really can't go into it expecting a very specific result. Like if I go to this networking event, I'm going to meet this person and then they're going to hire me. It right. never works. That, I mean, maybe it works that way sometimes, mm-hmm. but most of the time what happens is you meet someone and then a couple months later, you meet someone else and the two of them would get, you know, would get along really well and could collaborate on something. So you introduce the two of them. And then two years later, one of them hires you for something, maybe like, right. it's, <laughs> it's so convoluted. Like it's no, it's, it's more complicated than you could possibly predict. So it's really just a matter of putting yourself out there, figuring out how you can, um, be of service to other people. So as you meet more people, part of your part of the value that you can offer that community is connecting people with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, oh, I was going to say something else about networking. And now I can't remember what it was. It was definitely two things. I I think for me, I don't think this is what I was going to say. But another thing for me is I'm constantly I'm an introvert. And so I'm constantly testing the boundaries of how much time can I spend, you know, being involved with other people and how much downtime do I need and sort of pushing that boundary to figure out right where the line is for me. And that figured it out, (laughs) you know, because I'm always pushing up against it. Like sometimes I do cross it, but I've Mm -hmm. learned a lot. I've learned a lot so that I, I, you know, getting better at that balance or even knowing like, one week, like if I'm, I'm actually looking, thinking about next week, I have a lot of, uh, in person, you know, just 
stuff where I'm going to be around other people. Yeah. I can't think of a better way to put it. It's because <laughs> it's a variety of activities, but I know that next week is going to be exhausting, but you know, I can kind of make up for that maybe the following week. Yeah. And the other thing, Oh, I know what the other thing I was going to say is, sorry, I'm rambling, but the other <laughs> thing is that sometimes like you're saying networking or like being, being involved in that way isn't always about um, getting clients, but sometimes it's about just getting to know the community or getting to understand what your clients are going through. So there's a round table that I try to go to it's once a month. So if my schedule doesn't, you know, uh, conflict with the meeting, I will go to it. And it's, a lot of food entrepreneurs attend it and they bring, you know, they bring what they're working on and getting, they get feedback in that setting. And I've been going to that for, you know, over a year and I can't think of a single client that I've gotten from going to that meeting, but I keep going because it, the conversations that are happening there are so enriching, so mind opening for me. And it helps me feel like I understand better where my clients are coming from. Because it's a, when you're a service-based business, you know service-based businesses pretty well. But I deal with a lot of um, product-based businesses. And mm. the, the battles they're facing are, I don't know, it, I think compared to my business model, the challenges they face, I think, are just above and beyond. Oh, Wow. I mean, That's they have to deal just like, yeah, packaging and like for, for selling a food product, all the licenses you have to get. Mm. And I, and then I think about my services too. I have to get, you know, like ideally I have maybe six clients a month and a product makers have to sell like, so, you know, how many $10 jars of jam do you have to sell? Right. Make, you know what I mean? To make like a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. but, and I, I don't know, the intricacies of that just seem very, very wild to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I love going to just, I mean, just events where you're going to meet people, period. And then also learn at the same time from their experiences or just talking through your stuff. And it doesn't necessarily like, I guess that's what I meant by like, I was networking, but I, and it's just really exploring and learning and educating yourself and just continuing to grow. So. And, and feeling like I really do now, when I first started, I kind of felt like, I don't know, maybe I felt a little bit like I was in high school and I didn't know anyone. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like that I like was <laughs> new to the school. Like I'm new to school this school and I don't know anyone. So that made me extra self-conscious. Whereas now I feel like I know so many people who are a part of this community and there's still tons I don't know, but I feel like I'm, I just feel a lot more comfortable there. So it, it's, it's also increased my job satisfaction because yeah. I just enjoy being a part of this, this thing that's bigger than myself in a way that I couldn't, couldn't feel before because I was, I was felt like I was on the outside of it. Absolutely. And then to get there, all you had to do was just keep playing in the game pretty much. And not like, Oh, the game, but just putting yourself out there doing the work and yeah, it eventually just comes. It's not something that you can get overnight. Mm -hmm. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. It's very, well, that's the same thing with content marketing, right? Content yeah. marketing in general is like, 
it's really not the fastest kind of marketing. It's very effective, but it doesn't, you know, it's not like you put a piece of content out there and you get hired. It's a, it's a exactly. long thing. That's how I think I accidentally grew my business because it started as a blog and then it like turned right. into a business. And I was like, oh, I have a business now. Exactly. <laughs> and it was right. like this whole accidental thing that helped me like explore, put what I was about out there. And it just, it turned into what I do now, which is awesome. But it, yeah, it was very slow. It, it I've been growing this over, it's almost six years now. And I feel like just in the past year, I've really gotten to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm running a real business. Like, this is the thing. <laughs> you'll probably so, reach like a new level in like five years. You'll think, okay, no, wait, now I'm running a real now business. Now I'm running a business. <laughs> right. Like 20 years, I'm like, okay, now. And then I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I, but um, when it comes to content, I actually have a really hard time. I have lots of content that's the content I've created for my clients. Mm. But it's a lot harder for me to zero in on what content I need to be creating for my own business. And it's like, you know how we were even talking about this earlier on this call about the how the you're like your own worst client, right? Yep. <laughs> so that's what I feel like. I'm my own worst client. Um and I, I should probably do a better job at practicing what I preach. Well, it just, again, yeah, it takes time. And when you're busy doing work for clients that actually pays the bills, it's sometimes <laughs> hard to think about those future things. And even when it's going well, because if you're, I don't know, that's what's hard for me because I'm like, sometimes I'm just so inundated with work. I'm like, I don't even, I can't even focus on the content creation. So I have a podcast. That's what I keep doing. <laughs> Hey, that's great. Like my office hours. So that's <laughs> great. And that's a commitment. I mean, having a podcast is no small like job. Yeah, no, it's been, it's good. And I do have my team to help me out. So that's been awesome. So I pretty much, I get to figure out who I want to talk with, AKA you. And then I sit down every week and have a little conversation. It's like my office hours and then I go along. So it's, I've built it into a system that makes it a lot easier for me at this that's, point. Oh, that's great. I will say I have used my client meetings or even potential client meetings as a way to create content. So if mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, or at least uh, generate content ideas. So um, if I've been trying to be better about if a client asks me a question that I feel like other people might have that same question, trying to make note of it. Um, just like in a Google Keep document yeah. to go back and um, answer that answer that question maybe in a blog post or in an Instagram post so that other people can benefit from that answer. I actually do. I um, I'm a food photography mentor out of a food incubator kitchen, and so oh. their members have access to me once a month for you know people can sign up for my basically they're called office hours uh -huh. where I'll sit down for 30 minutes with um uh you know a new food business and just let them pick my brain and I and we always have that's another thing that contributes to my job satisfaction it's so so rewarding to speak with folks especially who are just beginning and really be able to pass on um you know even if you can just give like one or two big tips that will help them on their way. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it feels really great. And then, yeah. So then I'm like, Oh, I can also use that as, you know, information to share with other people. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Like looking at those maybe problems or questions in a way that 
you can grow your content marketing. So it's, you're helping other people and then you're also helping even more people by creating that Mm -hmm. content and sharing it beyond that. Right. That's awesome. So is there, I have my one last question for you. (laughs) Is there something that you're really liking right now that you want to spread the word about? Ooh, that I want to spread the word about. Let's see. What am I into right now? Um, I, well, okay. It's hard for me to not think about food products. Like, well, you're, like, you're the food expert. <laughs> I have like a few things that I'm really into. Yeah. Uh, uh, right now I am really into Anita's coconut yogurt. Uh, full disclosure, she is actually a client, but okay. this yogurt, it's, it's the only one that I know of. That's a, it's a dairy-free yo- yogurt. And it is the only one I know of that's just made out of coconut milk. It's coconut milk, coconut water, and probiotics. Mm. And it's 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 like it's creamy and white, and it tastes really rich and refreshing. Um, it just and it, it goes so well with granola. It's just it's <laughs> anyway. I don't want to rave too much about it, but it is really delicious. My favorite yogurt right now. Um, I'm really into. Zesty Z. It's a Zatar uh, spread. It's like a Zatar and olive oil spread. And I'm putting it in my eggs every single morning. The uh, Zesty Z is not a client of mine, <laughs> um, but just a product that I, I'm using and really, really enjoying. Um, let's see what else. What else am I into these days? My husband just made a big old batch of kimchi. So I'm eating mm. that like crazy. Um, I actually read once that, that in Korean culture, um, some people, some Koreans don't feel like they've com- a meal is complete unless they've eaten some kimchi. Oh. And I think I get it. Like now that I've been eating it every day, like I really do. It's like, I crave it every day. So do you um, think it's because of like, the fermentation and how it like helps your gut or like after a meal. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's part of it. The theory goes that that is part of it. Okay. Um, I also think because of the, like fermentation gives food a certain quality, like an, uh, I don't know if umami is the right word, but it gives it that a certain savoriness Mm -hmm. that, you just you it's a depth that you can't that you don't get any other way and it's very satisfying like I don't know if you've ever had um fermented salsa no but it's like it's like salsa but better it's like salsa with this added added element that it's and if anyone wants to try it it's not even my recipe but there's a recipe on the kitchen the k-i-t-c-h-n so without the e mm-hmm. um and that was the recipe that i followed and it's so so good and just yeah you'll just want to put it on everything yeah, so of course totally when you like ask me that. that i'm like i'm like all food things all yeah food things i love are, it oh. though because <laughs> you're well, like the one to go to for that of course <laughs> <laughs> i'm so, um as far as like fermentation i'm I pretty much just try to drink a kombucha a day to like get all that goodness. But I know that's a, you know, it's not new. (laughs) Well, I mean, none of the, I mean, not, I'm sure there are some new fermented products. There's even, there's a product, um, a company here in Brooklyn is making a, uh, fermenting coffee beans. So it's fermented coffee. Yes. I haven't tried it. So I, yeah. 
but and it is really pricey. That's why I haven't tried it. Just because <laughs> it's really pricey. But I'm like, oh my gosh, you can ferment anything. Or you know they ferment like they ferment cacao for oh like there's gosh. a a raw chocolate company that I've worked for in the past in in Brooklyn and they um it it's made out of raw chocolate, but the, the cacao is fermented and anyway, it just the the then because it's not roasted after that, you get all the nuance from that. In yeah. The final, in the final. Oh my product. gosh! I just like every time I talk about food or learn something new, I just feel like I'm never gonna like be able to try everything that there is to try in the world because they keep coming up with just like more new and new things, and I'm just like my head explodes all the time. And, and I can't. Yeah. Me. <laughs> I I this happens to me all the time too. I've been working in food for years now. And I still hear about new stuff that I'm like, what? That's a thing? Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, so it's a, it's a, and actually sometimes you do have to remember that. That's funny. Earlier this week, I was working on some recipe development and I was feeling a little burnout. Like everything's been done. I don't want to make another recipe. Just find a recipe on the internet because there's a million <laughs> out there already. But then you have a conversation like this where you realize, you know what? I mean, not that we aren't reinventing some things that have already been done for yeah. sure but it's all you know not everyone's heard of all this stuff or you right. need to be reminded that these things are out there so just to keep things interesting but what, what are you into right now don't let me ramble oh anymore. my gosh um I mean I guess as far as food right now I actually you'll be proud because I know I was talking to you on Instagram and I'm just like I haven't eaten anything that isn't a protein bar in a while <laughs> but I just made a huge pot of um homemade mac and cheese but I use like little to no noodles um and I use a lot of cauliflower I caramelized a bunch of onions um mm. and I put that in there and I have it in my little like Le Creuset pot so I feel really rustic and cool <laughs> and um I'm like really I mean you're probably just like all right Kelsey but like I made it with um like some vegan butter and almond milk and gluten-free flour to make the roux and I like just spent like an hour and a half like making this all from scratch and so that is in my oven right now at 200 degrees that's awesome (laughs) yeah I'm like (laughs) and I'm like that's gonna be my husband's and I's like dinners for the next couple days here so I'm like me too are you excited about that what are you vegan no but I try I have endometriosis so I'm trying I try to do um gluten-free dairy-free as much as I can so I think like the noodles in there have gluten but I don't know. I just, I try to make the substitutions when it's easy and I can, and I obviously have cheese in there, but, um, yeah. So I'm not really, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, I have, so another thing I'm into is, well, I'm going to be into, I'm going, do you know, like functional medicine? Like, yeah. So like the Cleveland clinic just opened a functional medicine department, like maybe a year, two years ago. And it's like the first one that like a major hospital has actually opened. And they're saying like, this is part of our hospital and our practices, which I think is like a huge, awesome step forward in the health industry in general, because it's the first time any of that holistic stuff is coming into the really mainstream hospitals. So um, I actually have my appointment. My doctor was sick last Friday, but they rescheduled for this Tuesday. So I'm going in for this like four hour, like, thing and I'm just really excited to go through their whole program and I'm like I am like a really big cook at heart but I have to be really like intrinsically motivated to go do it all so I think this is going to help me like 
re-want to get into all of that healthy cooking and in like in fun, cool ways that I have to because of my endometriosis. But I don't know. I'm just excited about that. Did so. you get that book that's at, that just came out? The Which um, one? One Part Plant. Doesn't no, she have it? Yeah. Am I making this up? Doesn't You're she not. have endometriosis? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, that she did. Like, okay. So yeah, it's I need like... to get the book. But yeah, she actually like I listened to a bunch of her podcasts like years ago. Um, and then I found out I had endometriosis and it's like, I went back and listened and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what she had. And so that's what kind of sparked my like no dairy, no gluten. And the more research that I did, I realized that was like really what I had to be doing. But I eventually, it got like really bad and the diet wasn't necessarily helping. I had surgery and now I've been fine. So I'm kind of in this like, all right, well, I'm trying to have babies, so I should probably get back on this and figure it all out, like, once and for all. So, yeah. Right, <laughs> that right. That is my, like, I'm, like, pre-excited for what is going to be happening, so. Yes, well, you gotta, I mean, I, I know I gotta dangle the carrot, like, <laughs> like, I have to be excited about something very specific to yeah. motivate myself to move forward. Yeah, so I've kind of just been like eating granola bars now because I'm just like, well, next week I'm going to have to like go through my whole pantry and my fridge and start making all of this totally different food that they're going to tell me to make. So I don't know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you well, for asking. I feel like I don't get to share my likes a lot of times. So <laughs> well, yeah. I kind of chose the category. I'm like, okay, so we're going to be talking about food. Like I don't yes. have any other interests. <laughs> Well, you picked a good person to ask because, like, I totally love it. So I've just been in a little bit of a rut personally. So it happens to, I mean, even people who work in food yeah. go through ruts with that because it's just sometimes, yeah, you just need to eat to live and just move on. Right. I'm like, this is a great granola bar this morning. No. <laughs> All right. Um, final, like, kind of last question, but I'd love for you to share um, any products or services or ways that people can find you and interact with your brand and business? Oh, sure. Well, probably the best place to find me. I mean, at my website is sarahecrowder.com, Sarah with an H, ecrowder.com. And uh, I'm Sarah E. Crowder on Instagram. That's the social media platform that I'm the most active on. So I'm blogging over at sarahecrowder.com, but then I usually link to the blog post through my Instagram. So awesome. um those are, and then my newsletter list, which you can um, get access to through my website. So my website doesn't really have my offerings, but um, I just kind of respond to those in, on a one-off basis. Yeah. So if you are a business owner who has food and recipe photography and you need help, Sarah is your girl. <laughs> I'm here. You're here. (laughs) I'm here. I'm here. That is what I do. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing all behind your brand today. It was awesome getting to chat with you. It was so great to talk with you again, Kelsey. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you to our sponsor, audible.com for supporting the show. Please head to audibletrial.com slash Pinegate Road to get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute and head to iTunes to rate and review the show. It makes a big difference in growing the show, and I'll be here giving you a virtual high five behind the scenes. You can follow along with the studio for branding tips, advice, and general inspiration on Instagram, username Pinegate Road, or by heading to PinegateRoad.com for everything else happening in the studio. Sending lots of love and wishing you an awesome week. You've got this.